0: Thank you to uh, the students for being here, and um, just so you know, um, Bible Bible Fellowship Church has a line item in our budget um, and uh, reserve funds to help students with uh, college, Bible College, and uh, so if you would like to be involved, invest in that in the future. Um, This is just some of the students, you know, I mean, you know Luke, Uh, I was just sitting here thinking um, next year there will be... One, two, three, four. Four different students just involved in different ministry opportunities. So um, as a church, we love to help out students in that way if we can financially. And So if you'd like to uh, help out in that, we'd love to, uh, to bless students as they travel and, and involved in ministry. Uh, a couple of prayer requests this morning. Uh, you need to pray for Kara Taylor. Uh, Kara's um, on her way to Haiti And, uh, so, uh, if you know Kara Taylor, you know why I'm smiling. And, uh, so, uh, you need to be praying for the Taylor family. I think this is the first missionary trip that uh, Kara's ever done. And, uh, she graduated from University of Florida yesterday and she's on her way to Haiti for a missions trip today. So please be in prayer for the Taylor family. I know that they would really appreciate it and, uh, maybe need to pray for mom and dad more than you need to pray for Kara, but, um, uh, it's hard for parents and, uh, to let their students go and, uh, while you're praying for that or you think about missions back there, uh, there's a group of parents meeting right now with Paul and Helen. Uh, they're the, group, the next group of students uh, that are going to Korea in 2016. And so they're in the back. That's where I was in the beginning, but they were uh, with them. And uh, just an opportunity as a dad, as letting our, our students go to be able to answer any questions and encourage parents to allow their students to be involved in ministry and travel around the world. So there's a group praying uh, are preparing back here in the back and excited about their uh, ministry as well. Uh, Carol Spurlock will continue to need your prayers. Carol's the one that fell. Um, she's in Orlando recovering. I know that she would appreciate your prayers as she um, uh, recovers and, and gets back to health. Also, uh, was, got word last night, Ron and Cheryl Parrish, yesterday afternoon. Uh, Ron's mom has now been moved to the hospice house. And uh, so I know that Ron and Cheryl would appreciate uh, your prayers and Lucille Uh, Lucille, I got a message from Cheryl and Lucille told her that she was going to die on Friday, uh, Thursday night. She saw her family in heaven and, uh, she was ready to go Well, she's still here with us. And, um, but just pray that the Lord comes soon to take, um, um, Ron's mom, um, Lucille to be with Jesus. I know that she's looking forward to that. She's longing for that day. And so, uh, she's getting close. And so we're going to ask the Lord to be with her. In that process. And then one other prayer request this morning, Tena Jordan, uh, her family is a couple family members, they are on life support, and she has to travel to, um, uh, to Tampa tomorrow for, uh, with a child um, of their families that has uh, been tested for autism. So just wanted to give you those prayer requests this morning as we uh, open up the Word of God. If you have your Bible, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 is where we're going to be. Uh, just reminding us as we went through. Um, as we go through, Nancy, can you, can you turn these down so because I, I can't see There we go, thanks. Um, now I can see who's sitting out there. Um, excited about the opportunity to go through uh, First Timothy you, with you as a family. Uh, I want to encourage you as, you as we go through this passage of scripture. Most of you are very familiar that it's Paul. He's writing to Timothy. He's going to encourage Timothy to stay there in Ephesus to teach the Word of God, and I just want to use this as a book or as a time, as a family for you, as you sit here in living in Highlands County, living in America, that God has given us an opportunity and a privilege to be alive in America today, and it's an opportunity and a privilege for us to stand for truth in a society that changes. As I was um, thinking about last week, I'm encouraging you to contend for the faith, and so I just want to remind you or maybe encourage you or maybe ask you this question, how well did you contend for Jesus this week? I know all of you have stress, all of you have burdens, but how well did we as a family contend for Jesus this week? In saying that, I'm not asking you as most of the time as we think about our our personal relationship with Christ, we try to do that in our own strength. I don't want us as a family to try to, to be Christians In our own strength, you will not be a a solid Christian in your own strength. Depend on Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to be different. For fun, take your Bible out, maybe later on this afternoon. Look through Ephesians chapter 6. You know the armor of God. Just remind yourself that even the Apostle Paul asked a church to pray for him. Asked the church that when he was in chains, he would still have the courage to stand for the truth of the gospel asking a church that the Holy Spirit would empower Paul to be able to share with his society. So this morning, as you've gathered, I was looking at a quote this this morning, or this week, Eleanor Roosevelt said this, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. That's why we call it present. So no matter what our week was like last week, maybe you had a great week contending for Jesus, maybe you struggled, whatever it is, guess what? It's a new day today. It's a gift. It's a present to you. It's an opportunity for you to say, "Hey, here's my day today, Jesus. I might have messed it up yesterday, but I'm alive today and I'm asking you for help to serve you. Starting something new today. Starting something new this week. Starting a new opportunity for us to gather together as a family to lead out to tomorrow morning or this afternoon to contend for Jesus." As I get to this uh, passage of Scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 1, you pick it up in verse 12. So if you have your Bible, why don't you read with me? I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength and considered me faithful, appointing me to his service, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Here's a trustworthy saying that desires full acceptance, that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of the sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who believe in him and receive Eternal life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So I was looking at this passage of scriptures. There's two things that I really want you to remember as you leave this place this morning. The first thing is that Paul was thankful, Paul had a thankful heart for Jesus Christ. When I was sitting in my study this week, I asked myself a question. Why was Paul thankful? As I think about Paul's life, and and I I like to go verse by verse, but I I want you to go down with me to, to verse 13. Even though I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance. As Paul's life, as he struggled along, And he thought he was following, he thought he was doing what was right, persecuting believers. And then he came to a realization on a road that he met Jesus face to face. And so I can imagine every day that Paul would wake up, or every night that he was waiting to fall asleep, I can imagine just Satan putting things into his mind. Remember that family? Remember how bad you hurt that family? Remember you standing there holding the coats when Stephen died? Remember all that stuff? And so there's something that's just vivid in my mind. I'm sure till the day that Paul took his last breath, he was so thankful for Jesus Christ because he radically changed his life. Paul was a sinner. Paul was a blasphemer against the cause of Christ, totally against Christianity. What you're sitting here today with the Bible open, you're reading about a man that's reminding this young man, Timothy, that best, guess what? He was totally against this. As you read farther on, you're going to be reminded this morning of Paul that's going to call himself a sinner. Can you imagine what it must have been like for Paul after he would written this letter, as the Holy Spirit empowered his hand to move the letters around and there was words forming on a piece of paper? Can you imagine the emotion in Paul's heart of thankfulness as he remembered how bad he was? And so this morning as you're gathered to here together and you think about Paul as, as thankfulness, as a thankful heart, and I know that at times, you know, we go to people and they do things and we say, by the way, thank you very much. I, I don't sense that kind of thankfulness in Paul's heart. I sense that out of total desperation, there are no words to express Paul's thankfulness to Jesus Christ. You can't put it down in the English language. And so as I think about that, just remind yourself, Paul is a persecutor. How do I know that? Go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9. Look at Acts chapter 9 verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest. You can read on a little far. Look at verse 4. Um, so, so as I think about Paul, who, Paul threatened Christians, persecutor. Look at Acts chapter 22. Look at verse Acts 22 4. I persecuted the followers of the way to their death, arresting both men and women, throwing them into prison. As also the high priest of all the council, I can testify. I even obtained letters from both their brothers in Damascus and went to bring them to the people and prisoners into Jerusalem and to be punished. Acts 22, 19. Lord, I replied these men that I went to one synagogue, to another in prison, and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving approval and guarding the clothes of those who were there Killing him. Acts twenty six. I was too convinced that I ought to do all that the people to oppose the name of the of Jesus the Nazarene, and that it was just as I, w- I did in Jerusalem on the authority of the chief priests. I put many of the saints in prison, and even they were put to death. I cast my vote against them. Galatians, take your Bible to Galatians. Galatians chapter 1, verse 13. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism and how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. Another, one other one you can look at is Paul as a, as a violent man. You can go back and look at Acts chapter 8, 1 through 4. So this morning as I, as we gather together as a family, I know this is true of every single person sitting in this room. There's not one person sitting in this room who's not a sinner. but I'm not sure how many people are sitting in this room are truly thankful for their salvation through Jesus Christ. So as we're reading a passage of Scripture this morning, as we're looking at Paul's life, we are get a chance to see that there's a man writing to a young man, Timothy, that has a thankful heart because there's been radical life change in his life. And I know as you, if you read on a little bit farther, Paul persecuted people out of ignorance. And I realize... In, in, in the New Testament and even alive today that Satan can blind people's eyes. So God had a plan, Satan had a plan. God had a plan to allow Paul to grow up in this Jewish home. God had a plan for Paul to watch people be persecuted. God had a plan for Paul to allow people to say, I, I vote for that person's death. Because God also had a plan for Paul to write First Timothy. And for you and I to wrestle with, hey, how is this going to work out in our lives? And you know, I know there's people in this room that have been radically changed by Jesus Christ. And there's nothing that you can, there's, there's just no words that can express your gratitude to him. But also, I think thankfulness is a choice. No matter what circumstances you're in. So you ask myself, I ask myself this question, why was Paul thankful? Paul was thankful because Jesus Christ radically changed his life. Guess what? Paul never got over that thought. Paul never went to bed not being thankful for Jesus Christ. I'm sure, and, and I don't have a Bible verse for this, but I can just imagine, and you know if you've been around Scripture much at all, You know that Paul had a thorn in the flesh. A lot of people think it was eyes. I'm not saying that it wasn't. But also, as I think about Paul's life, how do you fall asleep at night knowing you killed people, that you voted, yep, that person died? How do you fall asleep at night knowing you walked into community? Yeah, you were a Jesus follower. You thought you were. You thought you were doing what was right. Saying, you know what, I'm going to take that dad out of that home. I'm going to lock that mom up. I don't know how he did. But I know this morning, as, as I think about Paul writing to Timothy, I'm really thinking Paul had a plan, and I realize that God, God's plan was for Paul to write to Timothy and say, hey, stay there in Ephesus, devote yourself to these people, love these people with sincere faith. Hey, Timothy, you've been blessed with an opportunity and a privilege to be, present the glorious gospel to this community that is against you. We' are also saying to Timothy, hey, Timothy, don't ever forget where you came from. Timothy, don't you ever, ever stop being thankful for what Jesus Christ did in your life. And not just your token thanks. You know, we're looking at Paul's life some 30 years after he came to know Christ as Savior. You know what you're getting really a neat opportunity to look at? Spiritual maturity. You're getting to look at a man that's the end of his life, writing to, to another generation, saying, hey, younger generation, this is where it is. And there was no better person to say to the younger generation, he tried it all, had all the education, had all the stuff, done all the things, was the best of the best, came from the best family. And he's saying to that younger generation, hey, never, ever, ever stop being thankful for what Jesus Christ does in your life. So this morning, as you've gathered here, are you thankful? You know, Paul as he writes to this, to this group of Timothy, he wasn't just saying, Christ wasn't here just to, to, to enter into the world and, and to, to be just a person. Christ was to enter into the world to be the Savior of the world, sacrifice his life, to die on a cross for our sins. And I want you to go back to, to chapter 1, verse 12. I want you to go back. So I ask myself this question, why is Paul thankful I went, you know, I went to 13, but I want you to go back to verse 12, because I think there's some neat things in this passage of Scripture. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, given me strength, who has empowered me. Paul wasn't special, but he was empowered. The Holy Spirit changed Paul's life from the inside out. And you know what we have a tendency to do as a church or as a family? We want to change our lives from the outside in. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's important for us as a family to say, hey, start here. Let the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, change your heart. You know what changes then? Your lifestyle. So this morning, as you read that passage, I was almost reading it like, wow, man, Paul must have extra special strength. No, no, Paul didn't have strength. God empowered Paul to be his witness. To read on a little bit farther, it says this that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Appointing me to service. He didn't really say, hey, he said, I'm putting you into service, Paul. It's almost like the word as you think about a church or a a deacon. You're just available to serve. Here it is. Paul is being placed into service. Not because of anything Paul did. That's crucial. Not because Paul was special. Paul had nothing except Jesus Christ. If Paul was alive today and he would say, you know what, I want to become a member of Bible Fellowship Church, before he knew Jesus, we wouldn't have accepted him, would we? No, because Paul was just following the lie. He was blinded. After Paul put his faith in Jesus Christ, would we have accepted him? Yeah, we would have, but a lot of people would have been watching him. Hey, by the way, that's the guy over there sitting over there? Yeah, that guy over there, he watched people die. Keep your eye on that guy. That guy had a temper. Watch that guy over there. That was a guy that stood there and watched the coach when they stoned Stephen to death. So this morning, you know what we have a tendency to do? is we have a tendency to be thankful for Jesus, but we want to take the credit. you so think about that. Think about the church in America, how we're so thankful for Jesus. But how many books we write and sell that have our names on them, that we get the royalties? I'm, never, I'm not writing any books, so you don't have to worry. I don't like writing whatsoever. Isn't it sad? And I know there's some books that are just great teaching tools, but it's almost like even inside of a church circle, you know, we can make some money over here. It's almost like it's come a multi million dollar business called church. Hmm. Paul experienced something that you've experienced if you've put your faith in Christ. Paul experienced God's grace being poured out over his life abundantly. persecutor, the ruler, the one who was in charge, the one who was taking families away from each other, is going to die for Jesus. The one who had the high-paying job, looked good in society, people walked around and said, wow, there's that Paul guy. He's just, he's wholehearted into this church concept. I mean, he's even willing to go persecute people is going to become the man in Ephesians chapter 6 saying, God, please, through the power of your Holy Spirit, inspire my mouth. Use the words. Give me the words. Whatever you give me, I'll, I'll say it. The one who used to laugh at people, beat people, watch people die, is now First Timothy chapter 1, a man with a thankful heart. A man who says, here's my life. A man that recognizes that God had placed him for a job and empowered him to be involved in ministry. This man was going to say something to Timothy that was going to be extremely difficult in Timothy's circumstances. It's going to be interesting. The same thing that Paul says to Timothy, you're going to be challenged on it one day you're going to have to make a choice to say, you know what, I believe it or I don't believe it. And this is what Paul says to this young man, Timothy. Verse 15, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. What's the saying? What is it? What is Paul going to say to Timothy? He says this, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Is there any sinners sitting in here today? Is there any thankful sinners sitting in this day, in here today? Because <laughs> you know what's interesting? People that are thankful for something, they share it with other people. People that take things for granted, you know what they don't do? They do not share it with other people. People that just go to a building for a nine o'clock service because that's what they've always done, have a tendency not to share it with other people. I'm sure that there was no way you're gonna be able to keep Paul's mouth closed about Jesus because there's no person that saw as much radical life change in a lifetime than the apostle Paul. You need to ask yourself this question. Where would you be today if you didn't have Jesus? And be honest with yourself. And really, if it wasn't for God's grace, most of us probably wouldn't be alive this morning. If it wasn't because we said, you know what, Jesus, would you actually change my life? a lot of us would probably be sitting in prison. So this morning we've gathered as a family, a family that's full of sinners. And God loves sinners. God loves sinners so much, he said, hey, I'm gonna send my son to die for you. So Paul says to this young man, Timothy, Christ came into the world to save sinners Who I am the worst. But for the very reason I was shown mercy, so that in Paul's life, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example of those who believe in him. Now now try to grasp that thought. Try to grasp all the emotion in Paul's heart as he sees these words on a piece of paper. God, you mean to tell me you you let me grow up in that Jewish family? God, you mean to tell me from eternity past you knew that I was going to be standing there watching Stephen die? You mean from eternity past the creator of the world, the one that supposedly loves me, had a plan for my life, and it was to be a violent persecutor against the church? That's not fair, God. No, it's not, it's not, it's right, it's not fair. You know what's interesting? If God would have never allowed those things to happen, you wouldn't see the passion in Paul's writing to Timothy. You wouldn't see the urgency in Paul's mind and heart as he senses and he talks and he prays for this young man, Timothy. And I know what is true. There are things that have happened in your life that are not fair. You know, what's even more mind-blowing. As you think about some of those things, God allowed those things to happen to mold you as a person. That's not fair. What else got on is interested in seeing is when somebody watches your life, they're going to say, you know what? I've watched this person for a little while. I want what that person has. I've shared this story with you before. It just popped into my heart again this morning. The privilege to play basketball for Word of Life years ago. Was my ministry. The privilege of going to prisons. I'd never been in a prison. Word of Life said, let's go. I'm like, okay, I'll go. <clears throat> I didn't play much in the prison, which I was not too upset about. Those guys were huge. <clears throat> but at halftime, Word of Life said, Go talk to them. I'm thinking, I'm not going to go talk to any of those guys. I'll never forget halftime. The biggest man I've ever seen in my life. Walked up to my friend and I, standing on the basketball court. That man said to me words I'll never forget. I want what you have. Said him to us again, I want what you have. He said, Sir, the only thing I have that maybe you don't have is Jesus Christ. That man bowed his head on the basketball court in front of all of his inmate friends and asked Jesus to be part of his life. It was the first time in my life that I realized God allowed me to go through certain things because God knew about that man. I didn't know that man. When I take my last breath, you know who's gonna be in heaven? That man. So this morning you've gathered and you're gonna have a choice to make. I pray that you never ever get over your thankfulness for what Jesus has done in your life. And I pray that you never, ever get over the opportunity and the responsibility to make this statement. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. May we never lose sight of that thought. And all the things that you're going to get a chance to do, all the places that you get to go, all the times if you like mountains and you like snow, and you get a chance to step back and just look at those things and say, wow, that's my God. Knowing all along that my God, however you see him through creation, some of you love to go fishing, some of you love just being outside. Whatever speaks to your heart. May you never get over the thought that that God that loved you has given you a responsibility. You know what he's told us to do? To make sure that the world knows that he came to save sinners. That's what he wants us to do. That's our responsibility. I want you to pray with me. Father, thank you. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, as we've already prayed early this morning, may your Holy Spirit speak to the hearts of what each individual needs this morning. I have no idea. May the Holy Spirit speak so loud that there's life change in our family from the inside out. Father, I just ask, through the power of your Holy Spirit, That our family will be characterized by thankfulness. Thankfulness not for earthly stuff. Thankfulness not for earthly situations. Thankful that our Savior loved us so much that He died on the cross for our sin. Thankful that our lives will never be the same because of Jesus Christ. And then, Father, as you move in our family, as you work through our family, may it be a characteristic of our family that we are never ashamed of Jesus Christ. That we boldly proclaim in our community his death, burial, and resurrection through our words, through our lifestyle, through our friendship. May people see Jesus in the Bible Fellowship Church family. Father, thank you. Thank you again for bringing the students here. Thank you for giving them the giftedness that they have to be able to play and sing, to harmonize. Father, I just pray for them this morning as they study the word of God that it just doesn't become a book to them. That it will become their personal savior deep down inside. That they would totally surrender their lives to you each day of their life. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of today. May you be honored and glorified through our lives. And as we close this time together, I want to read to you, you've probably heard it before, but I want to just read the end of this passage of scripture to you. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You're dismissed.